The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome into the Cover 3 College Ball Podcast. We are live atop Nashville. Isn't that how Pate says it? <laughs> this is the Cover 3. We've been on 24-7 Sports Channel all day. I'm with Andrew Ivins, National Director of Scouting. Yeah, Director of Scouting. Here you go. We can throw national. 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 You're national, bro. Yeah. Uh, for 24-7 Sports. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Long day of shows all over the 24-7 channel. We really appreciate you guys tuning in now on the Cover 3 channel or in your podcast feed tomorrow morning in the car. Up. Uh, Eight minutes on the clock. We're going to go over everything you need to know about National Signing Day from a stories perspective. And then we're going to riff one-on-one, maybe a minute of the piece, on our favorite kids in the class, especially if you play like college fantasy football or dynasty fantasy football where you're drafting college players. Just some fun stuff that Andrew and I enjoy. All right, man, let's get into it. I think the, the number one thing here, Deuce Robinson decides. Well, well, I don't want to cut you off. All right, let's start this off. This is a weird signing day. So 29 of our 32 five-stars when we woke up had already made college decisions, right? Out of our 400 or so blue chippers, roughly 20 of them were unsigned, right? So it was the smallest player pool we've ever seen, right? 5% maybe? 5%, yeah. So that sets the stage. There wasn't a lot of news, but there is some news, so I don't want to cut you off. No, 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 no. That's a really good set the stage. And some classes were smaller as well because the transfer portal was in full swing this year, really kind of the the first year that everybody realized they could get NIL in the transfer portal, I guess. So... Uh, number one thing here, Deuce Robinson, guy that looks like Aaron Judge, decides not to sign. Is that, I guess that's our first storyline here on yeah, the rundown? Yeah. Uh, number one ranked tight end, right? Guy we've compared a little bit to Darren Waller. He's an excellent baseball player. He's also a really good football player. Plays his football in Arizona. 
Dad played at Florida State, uh, athletic family. He's a slot target, right? He's six foot six. He's got hands. You turn on the senior tape, he returns a punt for a touchdown. So he's a guy that's a really good athlete. He could also hit the baseball. Uh, so he's looking at both things. Our guy, Blair and Gulo, reported kind of coming into the day that he thought Deuce might weigh it out. Uh, as I mean, some people might be afraid to say it, but look, he's probably got a lot of numbers being thrown at him, right? The NIL's real. The collective situation's real. And then you go, with the MLB draft, you got that slotting system. And the, the example I keep bringing up, Jay Allen, who was an Elite 11 yeah. finalist two years ago, uh, was committed to play baseball at Florida. Some schools were trying to get him to play quarterback. Was he going to do both sports? Well, he went number 30th overall, and he got a $2.4 million signing bonus. And I apply that to Deuce Robinson, who is a tight end. You know, where does that number set? So MLB drafts July 9th. Ninth, excuse me. I think this thing could stretch into the summer, and he's a talented enough football player where anyone's going to have a spot for him if it comes time. Yeah, nobody's going to give away his spot because he doesn't decide to sign an NLI. Uh, speaking of NIL money versus you know, guaranteed, Jaden Rashada, who was in the news, Florida's NIL deal for him, whatever amount that actually was, it, it fell through. I think that's pretty public at this point. Florida released him from his letter of intent, and now he has decided to sign with Arizona State. I know he had visited what. TCU. He was also looking at, I think, Washington. There were some other schools involved there. But what, what do we think about the fit of Jaden Rashada, you know, star quarterback from California, going to Arizona State with Ken Dillingham? It makes sense. I mean, Dad went to Arizona State, played on the last Rose Bowl team for the Sun Devils, and Kenny Dillingham is a guy that recruited Jaden Rashada when when Dilly was at yeah. was at Oregon. So there's a relationship there. I think from a, a fit standpoint, maybe TCU would have made a little. I do bit. too. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of was hoping for TCU. Uh, you know, because I wonder about what they're going to do at quarterback long term. They lost some guys in the portal. We thought Walker Howard might go there, but he goes to Arizona State. I think it makes some sense. I like it because they already have Drew Pine coming in. I think if you apply this to like NFL draft terms, right? So Jaden Rashada is a day one, day two NFL quarterback. What do you see a lot of franchises do? They bring in a veteran to kind of be that bridge guy. So for Jaden, he doesn't come in. You're not expected to be a starter. Now he's older for his his class. He's already 19 years old. He's got to lift some weights. When he was at the Under Armour game, he looked like he was 170 pounds. So he's going to have to add some mass, but you get him in there. Maybe he plays some games in 2023, but I think the goal is 2024. It's a good fit. Kenny Dillingham, the youngest coach there. And, and to be honest, this isn't a shot at Arizona State, but I think you can fly a little bit under the radar there at Arizona State. You're not in the SEC, right? Right. And I, I think you'll be very patient with him at Arizona State because they are coming off the, the disaster that was the Herm Edwards coaching tenure. Like, we right. don't know if they're going to get sanctions, if, if, if what they will be if they actually get them. We don't really know what that roster will look like, but I think Kenny's going to get a lot of runway there because he's a native son. Yep. He definitely wanted that job. I think the Rashada is a nice chip in his favor in, ter in terms of currying favor with the administration, right? Yeah, and, and bottom line, it's been a revolving door at quarterback for Arizona yeah. State. I think if you're a Sun Devils fan, a booster, a uh, season ticket holder, like Jaden Rashada, picture him as, as the arm of the future, right? Just yeah. think of it like that. When it's time, it's time. Nick Harbour, freak tight end. Like, how many tight ends can run in the Olympics, man? Like, do I've never seen a tight end run the 200 like he does. And I mean, one of the fastest guys in the class. He is just really, really special. For South Carolina to get him over Oregon, over Maryland, over Michigan, I, I think that says something about what Shane Beamer is trying to build there in Columbia. And they lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal this year. And I was a little down on them, but now I see what they did on signing day. And that's that's one of the best classes they've ever had. Shane Beamer deserves a, a ton of credit here. And 
really coming into the week. And when I landed in Nashville on Tuesday, I said, I was joking. I'm like, this is Nike versus Under Armour, right? Yeah. It's Oregon versus Maryland, the two flagship schools where both founders are very active. Right. You got to think that there's some packages that were in place. And then out of nowhere, South Carolina comes in. I mean, they've been in this recruitment the entire time, but the tide of the recruitment turn, they get him, they add to a recruiting class that is awesome, ranked number 16. We would have liked this class, even if Harbor wasn't going there. Uh, He wants to run track, like you said, for the listeners to get an idea of just how freaky he is. He ran a 6.64 the other week in the 60-meter dash. I went and looked it up. That is faster than what Marquise Goodwin ran his freshman year at Texas. (laughs) He was in the Olympics. Okay, and then Andy Isabella who went 4-3-1 at the scouting combine. It was faster than that as well. Both those guys are under six foot, like 180 pounds. Nicholas Harbour is six foot five, 225 pounds. Sounds like they're going to use him as a, a wide receiver. I like it. Shane Beamer's got a background in tight ends. South Carolina's also produced a first-round tight end in the past uh, in Hayden Hurst. He's going to run track there as well. They have a guy on their roster, Emory Floyd, who does both sports at right now. I think it makes it much easier. Hey, this guy's been doing it. You can do it. So big pickup for the Gamecocks. Really like their recruiting class. Harbor's a guy that's a bit of a project, but man, if he hits, he's an X factor. I, I love the idea of using him at receiver. You can put him in some stack release stuff. Like I don't know about him as an inline blocker. I don't know about but him. He doesn't as need an, to block, right? And I don't know about him as an like an underneath route runner. But I know vertical routes. I think he can run and use his length and size to come down with those. And I think he could probably block in space on screens and stuff. Like if you put him out there, you can't really put a corner on Nick Harbor because he is six five, six six, two twenty five, right? Like that's that's a problem. And you, if you put a safety on him, can a safety actually run with him? So I, I think that's the way you start him out the freshman year. And he's a guy I think can make some explosive plays for them immediately. And maybe he'll learn the rest of the offense as, as time goes on. Uh, all right. A couple more things here in our eight-minute recap, which is already in minute six. <laughs> I'm talking too much. Alabama signed the number one overall class. This is the second highest rated class Third. for Nick Saban. Third highest Third rated highest class. ranked class ever. Second highest for Saban. Correct. Se- second highest for Nick Saban ever like a million five stars in this class. Let's name off a couple of favorites that we have because there's so many to choose from. I, I like Caden Proctor. The balance, the body control, the power is just really, really nice. And Alabama needs instant help on the offensive line. Yeah, he's an easy one to pick. And only three true freshman offensive linemen have ever played for Nick Saban. They all went in the first round. Cam Robinson, Jonah Williams, and Evan Neal. Uh, so, good list. Uh, yeah, a good list. If he's on the field, he's probably going to be selected early on in the NFL draft. I think Caleb Downs is one of the safest prospects in the class. He was a five-star for us. I think he could be a Division One running back if he wanted to or a Power 5 running back. He's going to play safety. We know Nick Saban uh, puts his wizard hands on those DBs, has a, a ton of control in them. He's already been on campus. I think he's going to play for the Crimson Tide. Justice Haynes, running back. He was a Georgia legacy. He's coming to Tuscaloosa. They lose Jameer Gibbs. I yep. think he's a, a plug-and-play guy i think when you just look at this class as a whole it's a bunch of guys that can get on the field in 2023 and nick saban needs that like they have some holes in that roster uh keon keely the the, the five-star pass rusher we actually talked about him potentially being number one in our rankings he was that good out there in in san antonio at the all-american bowl yanze pierre as well so I, i think this group uh you know gives nick saban the hope that hey i can add one more to the case before i hang him up that's what that, I honestly think that. Yeah. And I think a lot of them you're going to see uh, play in SEC games this upcoming fall. Speaking of a team that just got one in the case, Georgia, I, I know what we love about them the most 
I think, is this linebacker class. It is just sick, dude. It, it is. Raylan Wilson was a five-star for us. You could have made it a case for the, the two other guys. You talk to the people in Athens. I'm like, hey, how do you stack these linebackers? We're trying to figure it out. They can't figure it out. Uh, you got Troy Bulls, son of Todd Bulls, the, the Buccaneers head coach. He had an interesting day with that uh, Tom Brady news. You added <laughs> C.J. Allen in there as well. So those are your, your middle of your defense. But what they did on the outside, A.J. Harris – He's a, a technical corner who is awesome this season and his one really big test, which was against IMG Academy, went up against Carnell Tate. And then uh, Damon Wilson, he's a guy that's going to keep me up. We didn't have a five-star next to his name. I think he might be the best pure pass rusher in the 2023 cycle. Talking to some Georgia coaches before they won that title, they said, hey, we got to get better uh, when it comes to pass rushers. And it's like, dude, you guys just won a national or, you know, You're about to win your second straight title. How do you need to get better? But they, they really like Damon Wilson. No doubt about it. All right. We are running a little bit long. Oklahoma, Texas, three and four, or rather Texas, Oklahoma, three, four in the recruiting rankings. I think that's absolutely huge for them as they look to bolster the lines of scrimmage and defense. We'll talk about their quarterbacks upcoming here in this segment. But as they go into the SEC, I think that's really big for them, Andrew. It, it is, right? So they're three and four. Um, you were going to mention the quarterbacks, but I like what both of them did on defense, yeah. right? Uh, they added – potential impact players and like star players. When you look at Oklahoma, PJ Adabore was one of our favorites. I think he might have the highest ceiling in the class, super raw pass rusher. His brother just wrapped up his career at Northwestern. It's probably going to be a, a day two selection in the NFL draft. Well, this kid, PJ, is way time way better. He's he's the bigger brother. He was eating all the, all, all the food and all that stuff. And then Lewis Carter, a kid they got out of Tampa, but you know Tampa really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like Athletic that group. kid. Yeah, and, and then Texas, Malik Muhammad, you know, great. I like him as corner. Derek Williams. I mean, they they loaded up as well. That's the name of the game, right? You got to score points in the SEC, but you also got to play defense. I think Oklahoma, Texas, uh, they're shoring up those units as they prepare to transition into life in the SEC. No doubt about it. All right, that is your eight minute recap that we actually knocked out in about ten minutes and thirty seconds. So we'll clip that and put that on the YouTube channel as a separate thing. I think those are kind of the most important things you needed to know about signing day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now let's have some fun. All right, we got about 15 minutes left in this deal, maybe 18, depending on on if Jason can catch a train or not, which, Jason, really appreciate you sticking around for us and producing the show here and punching the... All right, tell me about Aiden Childs and what you like about him and when you think he's going to make an impact. All right, if you're in a dynasty league... Draft Aiden Childs right now. Not a lot of people know about him. We saw him in the All-American Bowl. Kid who missed a a good chunk of his junior season due to injuries out there on the West Coast. He's going to go to Oregon State, right? Uh, I I love the fit there. We know DJU's there, but Aiden Childs, Brandon Huffman, our our West Coast guru out there, or one of our West Coast gurus, he's he's compared Aiden to like a C.J. Stroud. 
big athletic frame. He could run the football. I thought he was awesome at in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. So remember that name, Aiden Childs. And I think we can look back and be like, how did the SEC not go to California to get this one? They go yeah. and get some, but how did Aiden, Aiden Childs slip through the uh, cracks there? All right, my guy I'm going to lead off with, and we just these are in alphabetical order for the most part, Arch. Arch Manning, <laughs> obviously the nephew of Peyton and Eli. Look, we kept him number one, right? Some services did not, but we believe in the kid. Accuracy, does have arm strength, pretty damn good athlete, is successful. I know the competition level is not great, but he, he plays well against the competition level. You're pretty convicted that he was a deserving number one, right? He's got the one-on-one pedigree, all right? I'm a guy that's big in the bloodline, yeah. so yeah, I believe in that. But he's also the second youngest quarterback in the class. Most most of the time, parents are holding their, their kids back. Yeah. And I thought with the Mannings, like maybe he'd be old for his grade. No, not the case at all. I think he elevates people around him. And everyone wants to bring up the competition. Oh, he didn't throw at this camp. He didn't throw at that camp. Well, he's thrown more live passes on Friday nights than any of the other quarterbacks in the class. He had a 34 to two interception or TD to interception ratio as a senior. He didn't turn the ball over until the state playoffs. He's not playing with the best skill talent yeah. around him. He makes players better around him. He's creative. He can, he can make throws off schedule. He's got the prototypical frame. I'm a big believer in frames. Watch the NFL. All the quarterbacks are big, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I think Arch Manning is going to have a ton of success. Can't hold on to that student ID held on to number one <laughs> in our rankings. All right. Tell us about Penn State tight end Andrew Rappelier. Am I saying that right? I think it's Rappelier. Rappelier. Okay, All so right, Rappelier. He was yeah, we got a, it. He, he's a late riser for us, a guy we had zero inf- verified information on. And as we kind of put the button on the top 247, I watched him. I watched a lot of our tight ends. I love that position, kind of a weapon. And, and I, I, he was dynamic as a, a, route one, a route runner, excuse me, has some wiggle. And when you think, again, if you're in like a dynasty league, a fantasy league or something like that, or you play college fantasy, think about the Penn State offense. You got two excellent running backs, Katron Alley, Nick Singleton. Uh, they added some beef on the offensive line. Jevin Williams, one of our top-ranked tackles. Chimney Owe uh, was a late flip from essentially Old Dominion. They got Drew Aller there, so I think he could be a weapon for them. You know, I don't want to compare like Penn State's offense to the 49ers, but they do have certain pieces at certain parts. They, they're bringing a new receivers coach. They're going to get that influx of talent there. So Angel Rappel, Rappel Yay is someone that I would be keeping an eye on. Right, my next one is Cedric Baxter. All right. Texas is losing two really good running backs to the draft. Probably going to lose a bet to our, our <laughs> editor, Trey Scott, about where Roshan Johnson actually goes in the draft. But we've seen Cedric Baxter a lot from Orlando Edgewater. I think he's a guy who has a lot of next-level ability, but he also catches the football really well. I think that can allow him to get on the field potentially early at Texas. Go back to his sophomore year, they threw him the ball a lot. We've seen him play some seven on, catches the ball well. He's got a big enough frame. He looks like a guy that when he fills out, his dad's really big, big you – know, like, I think all the pieces are there for him to be a quality NFL back and also something I'm going to look to target in college fantasy and, and maybe early. Yeah, I mean, six foot one, 215 pounds. I think if he took off his shirt, you'd be like, all right, like this isn't – There's some – There's growth potential yeah, is what I'm saying. Right. Like he has not unlocked his potential. Big frame backs are always worried about that top end speed. That matters in the NFL. I went back, dug into the data when he was like a sophomore at a camp of 250 individuals. A lot of these individuals – uh, are now playing college football. He ran the fourth fastest 40. The guy that ran, finished number one a couple of tenths, tenths of a second ahead of him was Erion Knighton, who just ran uh, in the 2020 Olympics. So, uh, yeah, I agree with Cedric Baxter. I think he's one to know as well. All right, another guy from our home state of Florida. Tell me about Creed Whitmore. 
Creed Whitmore. This is like my guy, yeah. Creed Whitmore. I liked him a little bit more when he was headed to Mississippi State to play in that air raid. They're kind of changing things around. He's a high school quarterback on Friday nights. He's just an excellent football player. But I think his ability to make people miss in space is unique. I don't know what they're going to do with him at Mississippi State now. I think he could be an impact player as a safety if he wanted to. In one playoff game, he scored five touchdowns right, and had three picks on defense. It's one of the craziest stat lines I've ever seen. Creed Whitmore, he's out there in Starkville, enrolled early. He's duck hunting every week, and I, I follow him on social media. But he's a name to know. Just Mom was an all-SEC volleyball player. Dad played at UCF. He's got a few brothers. His brother just transferred into UCF after playing at Florida. I think he's a sneaky guy to keep an eye on uh, and just someone that is going to make an impact somewhere. Maybe it's on special teams. I don't know. But Creed Whitmore is kind of one of my guys. Awesome. So I'm going to take a quarterback here from Big Ten country who's heading to Big Ten country because UCLA <laughs> is joining the Big Ten. That's Dante Moore. When I was at Elite 11, I've seen Dante Moore surprising him out because he's been in a lot of camps in the state of Florida as well. I think he has the most repeatable stroke in the class and has a, like, a ton of production. The guy's thrown millions of touchdowns at the high school level. Very accurate guy. He's kind of the most like Bryce Youngy to me in this class. And the, the physical tools don't necessarily like leap off the page, but the accuracy, the consistency, and the production I think will, will really play well in Chip Kelly's offense. And they took College Lee in the portal, but it wouldn't shock me if Dante Moore comes in there and wins that UCLA job. So I think he's somebody who could actually have a lot of production early in his college career if he can beat out Shalee. Uh, UCLA opens against Coastal Carolina, kind of an awesome game next yeah. season. I have that one circle because I want to know if Dante Moore gets into the game. I asked him, hey, why, when we were out in San Antonio, how did you end up at UCLA? He told me, and I, I don't think a lot of people know this, he called Chip Kelly. He told UCLA, hey, I'm interested. Chip Kelly was at his house the next day. He believes in Chip Kelly as a quarterback evaluator. I'm excited to see there. He's also the youngest quarterback in our top 247. So you mentioned the physical tools aren't all there. I have had the same questions. He doesn't like blow you away, but I think once he gets in a squat rack, um, once he's eating at a training table, he could make a transformation, and he loves competition. And he played in a ton of seven-on-seven tournaments, so that's, that's a great pick. We, we mentioned UCLA's Colin Slee, who played for this head coach last year. This head coach being Sean Lewis is now the offensive coordinator at Colorado for Dion. And he's got a running back we're pretty excited about in Dylan Edwards. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's not the biggest guy. He's pint size, but man, he can fly. Saw him at the Under Armour All-America game. Someone we've been tracking, former Notre Dame commit. He can fly. I think he was the fastest man at the Under Armour Future 50 event. And then uh, at the Under Armour game, I think with Sean Lewis, you watch that offense. You watch a ton of Mac yeah. football. Uh, they want to like motion around, run some RPOs. Like They have like a modified veer at times a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think Dylan Edwards is something you scheme touches up to, and he's going to make play. I mean, Colorado doesn't have a lot, right? Prime talked about bringing his Louis luggage and all that stuff. Well, Dylan Edwards was the first guy that really committed to him in the 2023 cycle. I think he'll have a big impact there in Boulder. All right, we'll, go, we'll stay in the state of Florida here and go to Hakeem Williams, Florida State receiver. I know on the National Signing Day show, you said he's like the most boom or bust prospect. And that, that just fits. Like You can't not put a really good grade on this guy because the tools are all there, and yet he's very raw. So maybe not somebody we'd expect to catch 40 or 50 balls in his freshman year in Tallahassee, but if you're in a dynasty NFL-type league, this is the kind of guy I think you want to take a gamble on because if he hits, he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, Hakeem Williams goes to school 10 minutes from where I live, so I, I know way too much about him. I mean, that's why I think – 
you know, I, I've seen the South Florida wide receivers. He has all the, the, the talents. Uh, underclassmen report, you know, they did the max speed test. He had the highest marker there. He's a kid that plays basketball uh, in the state final four this past year, led his team with a double-double in both games. I mean, he he has it. Now, a wide receiver coach I really respect told me, hey, once he gets on campus, you're going to have to break him down, and then he's going to have to learn from the, from the start. So, yeah, he's more of a stash play. And, and I've said this a little bit earlier, but if he hits, man, he is going to hit. Uh, and Ron Dugans there at FSU had some success with Johnny Wilson, the big wide yeah. receiver. Uh, Hiking Williams isn't 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, but he does have a big frame. Tell me about Jalen Brown and why people should be excited about him. Yeah, Jalen Brown's another guy we've been tracking throughout the process. He's from Miami, big-time track kid. He's got a, a, a smaller frame. And my big question mark with Jalen is how is he going to hold up against elite, elite, elite defensive backs? We saw him at the All-American Bowl. He was awesome in one-on-ones, caught a touchdown pass from uh, Dante Moore. I, I like the fit at LSU. Brian Kelly, Mike Denbrock, who's also on staff there now, when they were at Notre Dame, they had this guy by the name of Will Fuller who, who would just, you know, was a touchdown waiting to happen over the middle. I think Jalen Brown is the same thing. His speed will have him on the radar of NFL scouts. It's going to be the same conversation we're having now. Might not be the best catcher of the football, might not be the biggest individual, but, man, it's that one play he can make that it's going to keep everyone uh, you know, interested. If Steve, if Steve Wilfong was still sitting in that chair, I know he'd want to talk about this next guy. Jackson Arnold, Oklahoma commit, probably the most like proven best high school player quarterback wise in the country right now like maybe not the most upside of tools but he's a guy who's going to go into that Jeff Levy offense at Oklahoma and he really balled out against some of the toughest competition in the country in the state of Texas really good athlete quick nice like quick delivery gets the ball where it needs to go I I'm really excited to watch this guy play at Oklahoma because I think that the year after Dylan Gabriel leaves it's pretty clear that Arnold could step in and I think ball out immediately and that'll be their first year in the SEC but I think he could play in 2023, right? Isn't there some Ooh. questions about what's going on? Very similar to the situation at Clemson with DJU there, Kate Klubnick. That was a storyline all the yeah. offseason. And by That's the right. end of the year, Kate Klubnick took over. I think Jackson Arnold, a little bit further along than Kate Klubnick. I would not be surprised. I would keep your eye on that. They're going to ask me in August, oh, what true freshman quarterback do you think could play? My money is on Jackson Arnold. Yeah, he, he is college ready. Yeah. The only reason they, best, best player in practice all week at the Under Armour All America game. Yeah. You said it, Gatorade National Player of the Year. He can run the RPOs. He's a perfect fit for what Jeff Levy wants to do. No and doubt. The, and the other thing, too, is like, look, uh, NFL, college games, how many people are playing the number two and three, number three quarterbacks? Like, you have to have a deep quarterback room. He's probably going to be on the field. Look at Oklahoma this year when Gabriel was out. Like, they were non competitive yeah. against Texas, yeah. right? In, in, in the Cotton Bowl. All right. Next one, tell me about Malachi Coleman and why our listeners should be so excited. One of the most unique stories in, in the class, he was homeless at one point, moved in with, into a family there in Lincoln, Nebraska. If you haven't seen the story uh, on 24-7 Sports from Chris Hummer, great read, must read. You'll be a fan of Malachi Coleman. Uh, he is another freak athlete. Cooper Pataga, my co-host, uh, my, my buddy, he always talks about if we didn't have Nicholas Harbor, we'd be talking more about Malachi Coleman. He's over six foot three, and he can run. Uh, some schools saw him potentially as an off-ball linebacker, edge rusher. I didn't think he was ever going to get that big. Uh, he's a wide receiver. A lot of schools passed on him. I think they're going to regret that. I mean, tons of tons of coaches kind of looked the other way, and then we saw him in the Polynesian Bowl, made some uh, 50-50 balls he came down with. I think with what Matt Rule wants to do there, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit. And if they get Dylan Rayola – 
in that 2024 cycle, uh, our number one ranked quarterback, that that combo is going to be deadly. I, I think you have to trust Matt Rule with with the traits guy. Like yeah. Matt Rule's always been a coach who really will bet on traits and then subsequently bet on his coaching staff to develop those guys and evaluate them. All right, my next guy, Nico Amaleva, five-star quarterback, Tennessee signee. He was like the original NIL guy, and I think he's worth it. I mean, like traits-wise, I think he has the highest upside of any quarterback in the class. Like if he hits, he's like a Josh Allen type guy, physical wise. Yeah, we, we've compared him to Justin Herbert. I like that perfect. comp a little yeah. bit more. Um, the arm when you, I saw it for the first time, I was like, just in awe. Like you, you know, you're, you're is this real? And it, you know, the mechanics aren't there. He's a he could probably play volleyball in college if he wanted to. I mean, the velocity, his ability to rip it is just unparalleled. He's skinny, but then you see his dad, and his dad could be a bouncer anywhere in America, and you're like, wow, this is a huge human. He's eventually going to fill out. Love the fit at with with Josh Heupel there. Uh, you know, it's it's quick release, man. It's a system you can grow into. Yeah, it, it's bat- oh, kind of like basketball on grass a little bit. So no, I do agree. I also think it's funny. Like he was the original NIL guy, and now it's like Jay. <laughs> yeah, everyone forgot about him. Exactly right. I think Tennessee will be really happy uh, with that one. All right, Nathaniel Joseph. Nathaniel Joseph, I mean, bud, you're in Florida. You follow the big three. Miami wide receiver play has struggled a little bit. You talk to some people around the program. Uh, they feel like they can't find wide receivers that can create separation. Now, Nathaniel Joseph is not big. I think he's probably under five foot nine, uh, but he can fly. We saw him at the All-American Bowl make a ton of plays. I think you can put him in the slot. You can scheme things up to him. Now, I don't know what Miami's going to be running, what it's going to look like in, in 2023 as Mario Cristobal searches for a new offense coordinator. But the bottom line is they needed to find dynamic playmakers for that wide receiver room. Nathaniel Joseph can do that. Um, I've, I've compared him to, I think, Ray Ray McLeod. You know, he can make an impact in the return game a little bit. Um, you know, so uh, a variety of different ways. He's going to be a playmaker for them. You can run direct snaps to him. So uh, good one for Miami, and, and it's a weak wide receiver room. They, they can use his speed immediately. Like, like yeah. Think about that team this year. When, when Restrepo went down, they really struggled. And, and you wouldn't think, well, like losing Xavier Restrepo, who's a good player, but that shouldn't cripple your offense. And it, it really did hamper them. So I, I think Joseph is a guy who could get on the field early if they can find a way to utilize his speed. We'll, obviously, we'll see who Mario hires as offensive coordinator, but they're going to have really good blocking eventually, uh, probably this year as well. I think it'll be upgraded. So time to be able to get him the ball. For sure. Um, all right. Zachariah Branch <laughs> is probably the closest thing we've seen to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Cheetah Light. Filming one-on-ones at Under Armour in Orlando was so much fun, especially when you're zooming on Branch because just he's getting open almost every time. Like Nobody can cover him in space. It doesn't seem like you, you, you have to double him. If you don't get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage, it's basically night-night. He has the, the long speed and the stop start, the deceleration on him is nuts. Like for his ability to go top speed, totally stop, and then get going again, it's just not really matched. USC is going to have a field day with this guy. Huh, Lincoln Riley is. You saw what he <laughs> did right away when he, when he got to USC. Malachi Nelson, the quarterback's coming in. I mean, it's setting up perfectly where he's going to be a chunk play machine. And you mentioned that Tyreek Hill comp. When Tyreek Hill showed up in Kansas City, right, he was a return man like number four wide receiver, and he slowly crept up the depth chart and, and emerged as one of the NFL's top receivers. His ability to not only take a short pass and, and move the chains, but also 
you know, take the top off a of defense. And Zachariah Branch can't do that. He had a, he had a 93-yard punt return in that Under Armour All-America game. It's going to be fun and exciting to watch him. I would say we can watch Pac-12 after dark with him, but they're going to be moving into the Big Ten. So, uh, no, Zachariah Branch wanted to know. His brother's already on the roster there at USC. Grandfather was Cliff Branch, who uh, ran track and then had a career with the Oakland Raiders there in the NFL. So uh, he's a good one to know as well. All right, last one here as we are actually making pretty good time. Everybody's going to catch their trains. This is one that I know Ivan's wanted to talk about. Weren't sure we'd have time, so I didn't put him on the list. But Eugene Wilson, that's a guy I think Florida can really use. They haven't had uh, someone that can make people miss in space since Kadarius Tony. And I keep saying this. I know Florida fans are like, you're just pulling the string, and he keeps bringing that up. But they need some dynamic playmakers. I really like Florida's class. I know they lost Jaden Rashada. They got 24 stars. A lot of those kids are from the state of the Florida Florida was on Eugene Wilson before a lot of other people. He ran the fastest 40 at the Under Armour Miami camp. Uh, I think he could be a defensive back if he wanted to. Dad won a pair of Super Bowls in the secondary when he was with the New England Patriots. But no, I do. I agree, I agree bud. Another one you can kind of scheme that, scheme things up to. And, and Florida needs some of that on offense. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, but Eugene Wilson is a much, much needed addition. Guys, this has been our National Signing Day show on the Cover 3 Podcast. Make sure you check out the 24-7 Sports College Ball Recruiting Podcast as well with Andrew Ivins and Cooper Tagna. I think it's time for the drinks. I, I'm, my back is burning right now, man. I'm ready for this day to be over. On to 2024 we go. All right, guys. Like and subscribe. Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.